Sports Prime Time from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K. Brymac.com is where you go for satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac has you covered. DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code A2Z Sports will get you in on all the action. In the DraftKings Sportsbook app, tell you more about their college basketball promotions later on. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, the best place to get your next vehicle used, pre-owned, or built for you. That is what Two Rivers Ford offers you at tworiversford.com. And of course, the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, GaryAshton.com. That's where you go for your dream address without the stress, GaryAshton.com. So... This is a pretty interesting conversation that I think we're going to have here because in doing today's uh, episode of The Install, which is the podcast that I do with Greg Cosell of NFL Films every Wednesday, if you're not checking it out, I think you're really doing yourself a disservice because there's all kinds of great in-depth football talk specifically about the draft prospects this time of year. And then obviously we continue that into the regular season with X's and O's discussions each week coming off the Titans games and the biggest games in the NFL. So the install, wherever you get your podcast. So Greg and I were going, I wanted to look at Desmond Ritter a little more closely today, but we'll have time for Desmond Ritter analysis later on in the show. The thing that I wanted to start off with was the wide receivers and, you know, understanding that things in free agency are going to slow down really until, I mean, we're not going to see any, I don't think any like, I mean, I don't think we're going to see any franchise changing transactions at this point. Those players I mean, even there's only so many of those players that enter free agency to begin with. And even still, even fewer of them that remain now, what, uh, we're two weeks removed from the start of free agency. So, you know, the bulk of those decisions of the more impactful decisions, or at least the more famous names that'll be out on the market, they'll probably sign around after draft time, or maybe, you know, in the days around the draft after teams get through their initial draft needs. Um, that will be a time to watch for a couple of different names. But for the Titans, you know, largely they're they're in a good spot that they can move forward and focus first and foremost on their draft. So in going through that, you know, I'm curious as to where you guys believe the biggest draft need lies. Like if I said to you, all right, there's one position that you have to address first and foremost, which position would that be? I want you guys to let me know. On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, we will discuss that together right after I tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford, who make your Two Rivers Ford take possible. Two Rivers Ford is where you go for the one of the state's largest selection of quality American-made Ford vehicles. TwoRiversFord.com is where you go to find out more about the Built For You program, which means any Ford, any new Ford, any customizable accessories in any color that you select. They'll build it right for you, and they'll deliver it right to your door. It's one of the many great things that Two Rivers Ford does to make sure that you get exactly what it is that you're looking for. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So where is the first and foremost draft need that needs to be addressed from your standpoint? I think that's a uh, it's a fluid question, but decidedly less so now that we know that they've addressed Tight end and wide receivers specifically also added some depth at the running back position, special teams. They signed a a couple of special teamers, as a matter of fact, to help improve that unit. And that is a unit that could do with some improvement 
um, now that the kicking game has been solidified. Brett Kern returning, and so is Randy Bullock. Now you look at where they need to prioritize in the draft, and the answers are still largely the same. So when I kind of look at this, you know, I still think there needs to be a high priority on pass catchers, either the tight end or the wide receiver position, and probably wide receiver first and foremost, you can skirt a little bit with the tight end, given that you've already signed Hooper, who's going to be your starter this year. Uh, For Andrew Frill, he says a speedy wide receiver. Jeff Sawyer prefers for them to improve the protection in front of Ryan Tannehill, as does Stephen Crozio. He wants them to go offensive line. I see a lot of love for wide receiver. Uh, Right tackle, Dean Buckwalter says most specifically. You know, I'd be curious, Dean, why right tackle over you know, left guard, for example, what, what it is it about the tackle specifically? Not, not that you're wrong. I'd just be curious to hear your logic as to why one offensive lineman over another. Um, you know, of course, all of this is predicated upon where the draft kind of breaks out. But uh, best available offensive player, says Robert Lahue. Well, Robert Lahue, that could be interesting, right? Because the best available offensive player at 26 could well be a quarterback. And, you know, that's a... Uh, That's a different uh, topic of discussion. By the way, we're keeping an eye on this storm for you guys. If you're in Middle Tennessee, uh, I've got News Channel 5 up on the television in my studio. I've got Nashville Severe Weathers uh, on my Twitter alerts. So if there's anything, you know, obviously we prioritize safety around here. And obviously we're based in Nashville. And you know that we're in the middle of a tornado watch at this point for a couple of counties in Middle Tennessee. So Like I said, we're hopeful that we won't be interrupted by any kind of power issues tonight. Um, And certainly, you know, if uh, if you got to get out of here for severe weather, I'm not going to fault you, but we'll do our best to keep you updated with it at this point as well with the storm alerts. Uh, Thankful for all the great weather people here in Middle Tennessee that do what they do. But as far as prioritizing positions in the draft, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, uh, yeah, I think I think that I would still even as I understand that Ryan Tannehill's in a different stage of his career, for example, than Joe Burrow, right? Where Joe Burrow, you could afford to draft some wide receivers over offensive linemen, even though you know the offensive line wasn't going to be good enough in front of him because he's a young quarterback. He can take hits a little better. He's a little more fearless in the way that he plays rather than a veteran who you know has accumulated years of hits like Ryan Tannehill, for example. And the more that Greg and I talked about it, We talked about a variety of different wide receivers today on the podcast, but one that came up first and foremost was Chris Olave. And I wanted you guys to hear from Greg on his analysis of Chris Olave, because I think it might, I mean, I know it's more in line with how NFL people think about this. And I do think that the conversation around Chris Olave specifically, or he's one of the players around uh, specifically that the conversation I think has gotten a little warped from what the film bears out. This is why mock drafts are not necessarily something that you can trust. Anyway, here's Greg Cosell on Chris Olave. Uh, so in looking at looking a little more at the wide receivers, Greg, because obviously just to keep it local, uh, we have great needs still for yes. uh, uh, additional pass catchers in this offense to try and be, in Mike Vrabel's own words, great around Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Mike Vrabel and John Robinson were in attendance at the Ohio State Pro Day. Now I know that's got significance to Mike, but it sounds like you like a wide receiver that's coming out of Ohio State this year for this offense in particular. Yes, for this offense in particular. I think Chris Olave would work very well in this offense because Chris Olave is not an alpha dog. Chris Olave is not a number one. The, the, the Titans have an alpha dog. They have A.J. Brown. 
He's their boundary X. He's that guy. He's big. He's physical. He can catch in the middle of the field. He can run after catch. Even though he's not a 4-3-5 burner, he can get vertical. He is an alpha dog wide receiver. Chris Olave is a complement. Chris Olave is a smooth glider. Chris Olave works outside the numbers. He's not going to make tough catches. He's not going to be your third down guy making those contested tough catches. But he can run. He can get vertical. Um, you know, when they want to go play action on first down, he's that kind of receiver. Um, he would fit this team very, very well. Um, you know, so I don't know. Again, I don't follow Mox closely. I see him mocked higher. It's my personal view that he is not a number one receiver. And this is all based on film study. You know, you know me, Buck. I'm not, I mean, I don't know Chris Olave. I'm just, I've seen him on tape for his last three years. Right. Um, so I don't believe he's that kind of receiver. He's a compliment to a, to an alpha dog wide out and they have an alpha dog wide out. So he would fit in my view, because he would give them that smooth gliding vertical element to their offense. So that Greg, that's Greg Cosell's analysis of Chris Olave, the Ohio state wide receiver, somebody who's talked about, who's talked about in much, uh, in much loftier terms than what Greg just gave. Now, what Greg is saying is that Greg's not saying that he's bad, right? And what Jeff Rubel says, and we know that Jeff Rubel's an Ohio State fan, and Jeff, respectfully, uh, if anybody has watched Chris Olave, it's Greg Cosell. Like, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I don't sit in the room with Greg as he watches film. Greg and I go over notes of players that we want to talk about before we sit down and prepare for the podcast. And I would tell you that there is nobody more thorough in their film study, Jeff, then Greg, so you know the allegation that he hasn't watched Olave is just it's it's inaccurate, Jeff. And, and listen, he's he doesn't do opinion. This is why Greg is such a valuable asset. That's not an opinion. That's what he is. That's what he talks to coaches about, and what the assessment of Chris, Chris Olave is from not just Greg's film study, but in the conversations with people at the combine with coaching staffs around the league. This is largely the way that Chris Olave is uh, that Chris Olave is viewed around football. Again, it doesn't mean that he's not a first-round draft pick, right? That's not what he's saying. He's just saying that he's not a number one wide receiver in the way that AJ Brown is a number one wide receiver, right? And I think that you could say that 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 assessment could be made of a lot of guys, right? There are there are only so many of those dudes. It's not necessarily it's not necessarily a. a an indictment of him that he's a complimentary piece as opposed to a lead dog. Right. And I, I have, I will tell you, Jeff, you have watched more Chris Olave than I have certainly because you are a diehard Ohio state fan. And I'm, you know, I'm speaking more specifically to Jeff on this because I know that he's passionate about this, but I can promise you that Greg's Greg's assessment of that player. I've seen Greg's notes on Chris Olave. They're very, very thorough. In fact, they're spreadsheets worth of notes on each individual player. So I would say to you that everything he says in that assessment, it's not opinion-based in the way that, you know, I do opinion, right? Greg is very, very thorough in his film study, and that's something that you can look at. And whether you want whether that's going to change your opinion or not, Jeff, certainly I'm not going to try to, but I know that I knew that Jeff was going to receive that differently, obviously, because of his Ohio State ties. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. 
doesn't mean that Chris Olave is not going to go on to have a hugely successful career, Chris, or Jeff, rather. It's just the idea that he's not necessarily he's not necessarily the kind of player that is going to be viewed as a number one by the vast majority of teams in the league. Again, I want I want you to hear the assessment a second time because I do I I think that could come as a bit of a surprise to people. So here is Greg Cosell speaking about Chris Olave, the Ohio State wide receiver. Uh, so in looking at looking a little more at the wide receivers, Greg, because obviously just to keep it local, uh, we have great needs still for yes. uh, additional pass catchers in this offense to try and be, in Mike Vrabel's own words, great around Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Mike Vrabel and John Robinson were in attendance at the Ohio State Pro Day. Now I know that's got significance to Mike, but it sounds like you like a wide receiver that's coming out of Ohio State this year for this offense in particular. Yes, for this offense in particular. I think Chris Olave would work very well in this offense because Chris Olave is not an alpha dog. Chris Olave is not a number one. The, the, the Titans have an alpha dog. They have A.J. Brown. He's their boundary X. He's that guy. He's big. He's physical. He can catch in the middle of the field. He can run after catch. Even though he's not a four-three-five burner, he can get vertical. He is an alpha dog wide receiver. Chris Olave is a complement. Chris Olave is a smooth glider. Chris Olave works outside the numbers. He's not going to make tough catches. He's not going to be your third down guy making those contested tough catches. But he can run. He can get vertical. Um, you know, when they want to go play action on first down, he's that kind of receiver. Um, he would fit this team very, very well. Um, you know, so I don't know. Again, I don't follow Mox closely. I see him mocked higher. It's my personal view that he is not a number one receiver. And this is all based on film study. You know, you know me, Buck. I'm not, I mean, I don't know Chris Olave. I'm just, I've seen him on tape for his last three years. Right. Um, so I don't believe he's that kind of receiver. He's a compliment to a, to an alpha dog wide out and they have an alpha dog wide out. So he would fit in my view, because he would give them that smooth gliding vertical element to their offense. So again, that's Greg's assessment of Chris Olave. And listen, we talked a lot about Traylon Burks, the Arkansas wide receiver on the podcast, whose most often uh, draft comp is AJ Brown. Greg had some really good insights on, on that as well. So I'd invite you guys to go listen to the podcast. Uh, we, you know, they're they're never more than thirty minutes. We try and keep it, you know, not necessarily bite sized, but with but with with enough good information that you feel like you're getting your time's worth. And you know, it's uh, it's you can listen to it while you do laundry. You can listen to it while you cut the grass or whatever you're doing. Uh, so it's called the install with Greg Cosell of NFL Films, and it's not the only clip we're going to play from Greg tonight because there's a lot of different stuff, a lot of diff- lot of ground that we covered um, earlier today when we did record that. So. Looking at, like like I said, Chris Olave is still going to be a first-round draft pick in all likelihood, right? But it does it does put a different perspective on how the NFL views him versus how, for example, mock drafts view him, right? People who prognosticate these things without the same kind of attention to detail that I think that study requires. Now, there's a couple of different, you know, should he, for whatever reason, end up in the 20s? The way that, you know, I think it's unlikely to happen, but I certainly don't think he's a top 10 pick by any stretch of the imagination. And specifically this year, I don't think he's a top 10 pick because you're going to see offensive linemen and defensive linemen going at the top of the draft in in ways that it's not 
not normal, right? Because of the way that the quarterbacks have shaken out and the way that people think that they can still get con con uh, contributions from wide receivers on day, day two and day three this year, as has been the case. So again, 26, it's, it would be a considerable, you know, whether you want to call it a slide or it would be a surprise to see him down there. But if such an example uh, took place and if the NFL thinks that that is kind of a, that's kind of a situation that could bear itself out, then yeah, he would fit in this offense based on what he has been asked to do in college and based on what his skill set projects to be at the next level. Looking, uh, looking at the uh, looking at the other possibilities, um, and I want to I want to I want to talk about a couple of these wide receivers here in just a second. But first, let me quickly remind you about our friends at uh, DraftKings, or rather at Brymac Mechanical, B R Y M A K Brymac.com. Satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac, as you covered, they're the best in the business, commercially, residentially. Uh, I turned off my heat today. I am going to turn on my AC tomorrow, probably, because it got up to 80 degrees and it's a little toasty in my house right now. I need to get in my comfort zone. I'm going to be able to do that with real, uh, with a whole lot of simplicity because I get preventative maintenance from Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac.com. So the the situation for the wide receivers this year is is going to be interesting right Jahan Dotson out of Penn State would be great here in Tennessee he's not really their type they do tend to draft uh, or they do tend to add wide receivers based on the type of big long physical not necessarily burners but great play strength the ability to break tackles yards after catch that's typically the kind of receiver that they bring in here Obviously, Julio is physically different than any wide receiver, but Julio fits that mold. AJ the same, Nick Westbrook Aquina, before him, Tajay Sharp. Like there's a there's a definite, I mean, Corey Davis was this kind of a player. Longer, bigger, stronger wide receivers that can make plays with the ball in their hands, not necessarily going to beat you with their speed down the field so from that standpoint Dotson would be a bit of a departure from what it is that they normally take but again we're looking for a diversification a little bit of this offense and I think that would go a long way oh forgive me Des Fitzpatrick you know Des Fitzpatrick also is technically within that same kind of build um but yeah we don't necessarily you know I, I don't know what I don't know what Des is going to be capable of this year um we saw so precious little last year that and, you know, I mean, they told us everything we needed to know about, about Des Fitzpatrick. So I don't, I don't have a good projection on what that could look like. All I know is that he's him and racing McMath are, I mean, racing McMath's another one, right? Even though he was more drafted to play special teams. Like they, these are big, tall, long, strong guys. Right. Um, and while there may be some variance in, in weight, they are all for the most part, like AJ, I think is the shortest of them. And he's like six two. AJ is a giant not a giant, but he's a big, thick man at the at, at the uh, wide receiver position. Um, and so D John Dotson would be a departure of that. Greg and I also talked about Jamison Williams, and you can hear that analysis on there. The only thing about Jamison Williams that I think would prevent them from taking it is you guys would you guys would you guys would crucify John Robinson if he traded for a wide receiver coming off an ACL tear and then drafted a wide receiver coming off an ACL tear. I think that would uh I think that would not be received well even though I think ultimately he does make a lot of sense in for a team like this. Mark Jones says Valus Jones Jr would be a good pick in the 3rd or 4th round. 
Um, he's probably outside the top 100. I think he's done a lot to help himself in the pre-draft process. But again, we talked a lot. I, I don't want to give away the whole podcast because we're going to play a couple of clips today. But there's a lot of good analysis on Bayless Jones Jr., Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson. Um, we, we played you a little bit of the Chris Olave stuff, but there's a lot more in there that I think is worth uh, worth going to check out. So we uh, for the rest of the wide receiver conversation, I would defer to the podcast uh, that you can get wherever it is that you get your podcast. All right, let's talk about quarterbacks because this is something that's come up a couple of times with the Tennessee Titans. Now, more specifically, the idea that they may be in play for a quarterback earlier than we would have thought them to be, right? The idea that at 26th overall, the, the, the quarterback position is not off the table. Um, and the question that I would like to ask you guys is how early or how late, however you want to look at this, at what point in the draft, if you're going to draft one this year, let's just, for the for the sake of the hypothetical, say we're, you're going to draft a quarterback this year. What round would you like them to draft a quarterback this year? Like, what round would you be comfortable saying, all right, you know, it's, it's they don't have a second round pick, so they're getting into the third. They're obviously drafting in the back half of the third round so is that the earliest that you would be comfortable is that too late for you to take a quarterback do you think they need to do it earlier well then okay are you going to take one at 26 are you going to find a way to get out of 26 to go back and get a quarterback I think that's a a pretty that's a pretty um substantial conversation that I think needs to be explored but basically how early would you address the quarterback position let me know on Facebook YouTube on Twitter and on Twitch we will talk about it together uh, right after I tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code A to Z Sports gets you in on all the action. New customers can bet just $5 on any college basketball team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's just that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays that allow you to combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code A to Z Sports. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win. With promo code A to Z Sports this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Tennessee only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, how early would you be comfortable taking a quarterback? Uh, anything past the first round is pointless, says MB. He'll be out of the league in a few years, certainly as a starter, all in or nothing. And I don't disagree with that approach whatsoever. In fact, I'm I'm very I'm very much with that mindset, MB. Paul Martinez says probably not this year at all unless one of the top QBs are there in the fourth one out of the four top QBs are there in the fourth. Well if they're there in the fourth then they're not really a top QB, are they Paul? Like if a quarterback falls to the fourth round, then what it is <laughs> I mean he's you're you're then expecting your ba- so you're gonna average a quarterback around in today's NFL, like I'm not, you know, again, I don't mean to sound like super dismissive, Paul, but that that logic is not 
you know, that does not compute. You know what I'm saying? He's not a top quarterback if he's there in the fourth round. And, you know, to say probably not this year at all, well, you know, respectfully, when are you going to be in a better position to take a quarterback? I don't know that a better position would present itself than this year's first round. In fact, the more that I talk about it, the more that I think that there is a strong possibility that that could be the direction. Um, Now, I'm not saying that it's guaranteed. We have no idea what the draft board is going to look like. And if teams, for some reason, end up getting desperate as the if there's an unexpected run on the quarterbacks, and all of the sudden, uh, all of a sudden, you're left in a much different situation, right? These things are difficult to predict until you're in it in real time. But I would say to you, um, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement on the all in for the first round or not. If you if you get anywhere beyond that, or if those guys are gone, then you're talking about a completely different conversation because the hit rate for that position specifically is uh, so so much smaller than there would otherwise be. And, you know, I mean, in the first round, potentially there's going to be a really, really intriguing prospect who we talked about earlier this week. So something that Titans fans are drooling over, ironically enough, is the idea of potentially a quarterback here in Tennessee in this upcoming draft class. Desmond Ritter has been discussed here uh, with with a fair amount of legitimacy as an option for Tennessee yeah. at 26th overall given the fact that they don't have a second round pick and Greg, I, you know, I want to get your general thoughts about what you see from him, him on the film, and then kind of maybe get into more specifics about his game. What have you, what has been your assessment of the Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter? Well, amazingly enough, I, I've watched Ritter in each of the last three seasons, believe it or not. Um, I think he's become more and more accomplished. He's a four year starter, which is very rare these days. You know, he fits that old Bill Parcells quarterback commandment of being at least a three-year starter and having won more than 23 games at the college level. So Ritter fits that. Um, And I think that he's got traits to be a quality NFL starter. He's got good size. He'll gain weight in the NFL, but he's got good size. He's got good arm talent. He's mobile. One thing that stood out in every game I've watched, even going back three years, is there's a natural sense of poise and composure to his play. Um, It's funny that we talk about Ritter with the Titans, because here was the last thing I typed in my transition when I finished watching Ritter this year. I said, my sense is Ritter is best suited to begin his career in an offense with a run game foundation in which play action and RPO concepts are meaningful parts of the equation. But there is no question Ritter can operate and execute the drop back passing game that demands progression reads and throws. So that's Cosell's assessment of Desmond Ritter. And again, much more detail on the podcast, but he would be a great fit here in Tennessee. And he is he is projecting as one of the top three players, right? Malik Willis, and and this is in no this is in no particular order. Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, and Kenny Pickett. Kenny of those three players, right? So it's probably Kenny Pickett and the the other two after that in some form or fashion. Um, you're wasting. T Town Brown says you're wasting a draft pick if you don't land one of the top three or four QBs. I'm not even sold on them. The Titans need immediate help. Rookie quarterback sitting for a year does nothing. Uh, 
does nothing this year. And, you know, you're probably right, T-Town. Nobody, I don't think anybody's disputing that. Um, and I think a lot of people would lose their shit if that was the case. But here's what I'll say. Like, you know, it's, I understand for you it's about this year. And for this year's football team, it will be about this year. And for John Robinson and Mike Vrabel, they are largely constructing a roster to win this year. But it is not only about this year. And at some point, NFL teams, well, not at some point, NFL teams typically plan their rosters out in some form or fashion with three or four year windows in mind. Now that's to account for salary cap. That's to account for, you know, free agency and different cycles of these things. And, you know, market inflation with where the new television contracts are go. Like all of this is done on a very, very granular level when it comes to the accounting. And while you may consider a waste of a draft pick on a quarterback this year, John Robinson and Mike Vrabel have signed substantial extensions here right? Like they're not just here for this year. They have a longer term picture to consider while also trying to make sure that they put this year's football team in as best a possible position to win this year. But if they believe that a quarterback, if that's, and listen, it's just one name. It doesn't mean that they're going to take him. It doesn't mean that he, he would be even the best player available at 26th overall should the draft break that kind of way. There are so many different factors that come into this. It's why we're, you know, basically for two months in the pre-draft process, we're all kind of spinning our wheels because nothing about the film is changing. There's nothing about the draft order that's really going to change until the draft actually gets underway. Um, so it's it's a complicated conversation to have. But while you might think it's a waste, it's certainly not a waste if you think it's your best succession plan in a post-Tannehill world. And I would remind you that a post-Tannehill world is probably closer than you think. So you don't want to be left standing. You know, you don't want to be the Colts this year where you just trip and fall back asswards into a Matt Ryan trade because all of a sudden your owner is forcing you to get rid of Carson Wentz. Now, that's a different situation. I don't know that that would happen here. But, I mean, there's a lot of teams that can, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams out there that were left holding the bag basically this year in all the different quarterback movement. And I don't think you want to be one of those teams if you have an option that is available to you to help you keep this thing on the rails organically. Like I said, it's just, it's just a, uh, like if, if, if 26th is the place where they feel comfortable taking them, then yeah, I'm totally good with uh, the idea of of Desmond Ritter at 26 or a quarterback, a quarterback that they value that way at 26, whether that's Matt Corral, whether that's, you know, I doubt Malik Willis would be there. I doubt Kenny Pickett would be there, but again, it is, uh, it's going to, it's going to be a process and that process may present itself in a way that I think makes a lot of sense in this coming draft cycle, something to keep in mind. Um, MB says, don't the Titans need to stabilize their offensive coaching staff for the long term before they groom their next QB? Well, I mean, you would assume that Todd Downing's job isn't stable. And uh, I don't have any indication that Todd Downing is in, in, in any kind of danger. I don't think that Todd Downing's in, you know, it's not like Todd Downing's in what a player might consider a prove it year, right? Uh, I have no indication that the Titans and and I mean what really is 
stabilizing an offensive coaching staff, right? Like if they're good at their jobs, they're going to get a job elsewhere, you know, especially if you're an offensive coach. Art Art got a job after two years as an offensive coordinator, and that was after he was not one of these, you know, sexy McVay Shanahan assistants. Like teams want coaches who can scheme up offense, and if Todd Downing does well, then he's going to go elsewhere. And if Todd Downing kind of has a middling year again, then Todd Downing's probably staying here. Um, unless they feel like they really need to shake it up, which is unlikely largely to happen. Uh, T-Town Brown says, understandable. I think they should just wait until next year, better crop of QBs. But again, you say that, T-Town, you say that, but you have no idea. Spencer, so this time last year, Spencer Rattler, well, this time, or let's say last summer, right? After the draft had taken place, once we all start talking about this college football season to come, Prior to the 2021 college football season, who was the Heisman Trophy favorite? Who was the favorite to be the first overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft? Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, the quarterback at Oklahoma, who got benched halfway through the season. You have no way uh, You have no way to tell me with any kind of certainty that next year is a better crop of quarterbacks. Right. And yes, Bryce Young is better than any quarterback that's going to be in this draft. Is Bryce Young going to be sitting there if the unless the Titans season goes to absolute hell this year? No. The top options at quarterback are not going to be there for you available. Even if at the top end, it's a better quarterback crop, that does not necessarily mean that the teams like the Titans that are at least in the last, you know, for the better part of 10 years now have picked in the back half of the set of the first round. You're not guaranteeing that there's any kind of upgrade over what may present itself this year. I think that's, I think that's honestly short-sighted. Um, and again, it's I just, just something to think about, something to chew on. Um, because I feel like you're not alone in thinking that way. I'm quite certain of that. Uh, time to be realistic, says Mike McCown. A couple of years without a quarterback injury now and another year older. Rather groom a new QB over Woodside. I, I don't disagree. And listen, Logan Woodside may still you – know, Woodside still may be on the practice squad. I wouldn't let – I'd try to keep Woodside around as long as humanly possible because he's clearly got something going on that they value because they can't – they sure as hell can't knock him out of the backup spot. Anyway. Uh, let's move on and let's talk about Mark Jones says we will be picking 32 next year. Well, Mark, um, you know, uh, if that happens, that will be interesting. And if not, you know, you'll be like 31 other NFL teams and you'll be doing this shit all over again. So best of luck in your, uh, in your 2022 Super Bowl campaign. I don't know if they can win the Super Bowl in 2022. I know that they've got a pretty good chance. Um, because if they can win their division, they can get in the playoffs, they can get in the playoffs, and they got a chance, right? So let's move on and let's talk about the number of quarterbacks we think are going to go in the first round this year. Let's talk about it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. How many quarterbacks do you think will go in this year in the first 32 picks? Let me know on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Titans, the Preds, and of A to Z Sports Prime Time. Gary Ashton will help you win with the Intel Edge. You want to win the buyer battle. Gary Ashton will help you do that. You want to get your dream address without the stress. Gary Ashton will help you do that. If you want to sell your home, you want to make sure you sell for more. Gary Ashton will help you do that. They are a part of the Middle Tennessee community. They are the number one REMAX agency, not just in the country, but in the entire world. Yes, that's an actual thing. They are the number one REMAX agency in the, in the entire, on the entire planet. It's crazy, crazy to think about. So congratulations to the Ashton team. And if you're looking 
for a new home or looking to sell your home, GaryAshton.com is where you go. So, how many quarterbacks do we think will go in the first round this year? I think it's a pretty interesting question. Uh, Stacy Wills is six at the most. <laughs> Stacy at five. If last year was a great crop of rookie quarterbacks, right, or rookie prospects, and there was five of them that went to say that six would go this year. I mean, shit. There might not, <laughs> there might not even. There are six draftable quarterbacks this year, but I there there that six guys probably on the border. Um, MB says two. Keelan Watson says two. Corey D. Jackson to Corey Smith going over with a four. Um, I think, you know, it, it is fascinating. And this year is different than years past, or at least the last couple of years past, where we've seen such a such a multitude of potentially high-level quarterbacks that have come to fruition, right? Now, so not all of them are going to pan out. Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield haven't panned out. Teddy Bridgewater is a first former uh, former number one pick. He has not, I mean, he's had a good pro career, but he hasn't necessarily panned out in the, in the common sense of the word, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, you know, despite everything else that's swirling around him, there is, there is a, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see how this class in particular does, because God knows Trevor Lawrence needs all the help that he can get in Jacksonville. And frankly, I hope he gets it because he would be a fun high level player to have in the league, even if it, you know, it comes at your expense as a Titans fan. I think that ultimately, hmm, I, I'm conflicted about this because I I think that Desmond Ritter is probably a second round player. But because quarterback is such a premium position and because he's got pretty good momentum, I'm going to say that Desmond Ritter is going to go in the first round. And I'm going to say that there's going to be three this year. As I said, if there were no First of all, let, let's step back for a sec. No quarterback comes into the NFL as a finished product. Sure. I mean, sure. just think of what happened last year with Trevor Lawrence, who 99% of the populace said was a generational player, which of course he's not because no one is. And, you know, no one comes in as a finished product. So for people listening now to say, oh my God, look at the weaknesses. That doesn't mean he can't become a good player. It's always something you got to keep in mind around the quarterback position. And certainly there's not, you know, Trevor Lawrence, as, as Greg mentioned, is not a generational quarterback. If the league was filled with generational quarterbacks, the way that people think it's filled with generational quarterbacks, we'd be talking about a much higher level of the sport, right? And that's just simply not the case. But I, I think that there are three potentially in the first round this year. I think that, I think that somebody's going to end up getting overdrafted. Hell, all three of them may get overdrafted. Um, you're going three. That means we're going to take a quarterback at 26. Hot take. I think it's a very real, the more that I talk to people, the more I think it's a real possibility. But, you know, I mean, also keep in mind that people lie, lie out their ass at this time of year. So it could all just be a smoke screen. Um, remember, Mac Jones was supposed to go third overall last year for basically the entire pre-draft process. And, you know, he didn't famously. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Radio show is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. Certainly talk about the Bruce Arians thing in a lot more detail. Uh, we will flesh this out a little bit more. Look forward to having a lot more of these engaging conversations with you. We're under a month away from the NFL draft, and it is uh, it is go time, basically, for, uh, for all of us who are getting ready for yet another NFL season, even though that shit feels like it just ended. <laughs>
I'm uh, I need to get I need to get through OTAs and minicamp so I can go on vacation and uh, and take a break before we get back get ready to ramp this thing back up again. But it's going to be fun, and the draft is always exciting. And I'm grateful that you guys showed up tonight. We'll do it one more time on the primetime show tomorrow. Talk to you on the radio show at ten, and if not, eight p.m. or thereabouts on A to Z Sports Primetime. See y'all.